actually asked you for a song that you recommended, and that was one that you sent. Yeah, that song is by a Somali uh, British artist. His name is Armanta. He's located in London, and he is a very young, up and coming artist, and he's mixing traditional East African with a little punk and rock as well. And what does that, the title of that song mean? Hale means it's uh, someone who is a loved one, kind of. Oh, nice. It's a great. Meeting, but it's great. Yeah. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Katie Halper Show. Please rate and review the show on iTunes. Please support the show at patreon.com slash the Katie Halper Show. Again, that's patreon.com slash the Katie Halper Show. I recorded this interview with Abshir Omar on Wednesday, March 18th at WBAI. Abshir Omar is the Iowa, Minnesota, Michigan, Illinois political coordinator for Bernie Sanders. He is a union steward for UFCW Local 400 and a former American Airlines CWA organizer. He's a political coordinator for Bernie 2020, community organizer, shop steward, and a Somali refugee. So welcome. Thank you, Katie. How are you? Good. You? I'm uh, I'm doing well. Been reeling from a lot of disturbing uh, developments here in Chicago yesterday, but uh, all in all, I'm doing great. Yeah, um, definitely want to hear about that. So tell us what you, where you're coming from, where you are, and what you've seen over the last couple of months, and specifically the last couple of days. Um, so currently, I am in Chicago. I uh, was previously before being in Illinois. I covered the state of Michigan. Uh, Minnesota, and I spent the chunk of my time organizing in Iowa, the 2020 uh, caucuses. Um, and for me, currently, I'm still in Chicago. I was here yesterday observing some of the precincts around the Chicago area, um, and it's 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 been some interesting developments. I think a lot of people have been tuning in and watching what's been happening online and seeing some of the reports. And what did you see? Um, I mean, you posted some disturbing video of a woman talking about the conditions where she was voting. Uh, Can you share share that? Absolutely. So the first site I visited yesterday was in the south side of Chicago, predominantly African-American community. And I went to Thurgood Marshall Public Library, where there was a precinct located there. I spoke with a woman by the name of Deborah Collins. She's a senior citizen in that neighborhood. She lives in a senior citizen's home across the street where the election was supposed to take place, but officials from that facility deemed it unsafe and canceled that location. And the election board had to move to the public library. Um, And when I came to the site, I found a waiting room with over 80 individuals waiting in the lobby. A majority of of these folks are senior citizens in their 50s, 60s, and 70s, some well into their 80s, um, waiting for two and a half hours to be able to vote. Um, and I saw a couple of people in the room with masks on, but they were not the medical grade masks necessary to prevent uh, contamination to other folks. Seeing so many people in tight quarters sitting there for such long periods of time, coughing on one another, especially being, you know, this community of elders who is in this high risk percentile. It was disturbing. And I talked with her and she stepped outside and she told me that she had been there for an hour already waiting to vote. She didn't feel comfortable being inside anymore. So she stepped outside into the cold to see if she could wait out there. And, you know, hearing her talk about having to wait long, uh, 
a long time to vote and seeing other people in distress. There are too many people smashed together in there. It's too close in there. There are senior citizens sitting in there. They've been there two to three hours waiting. And I mean, I've been standing out here an hour myself. Too many people in there. And a lot of people are leaving. They're not voting because they're having to wait so long. So they're leaving this poll. Two to three hours wait. Something is wrong. Somebody needs to do something. Um, and seeing that the election was a uh, total uh, cluster, it was, it was a mess yesterday. And having to hear that from so many different people, it, it was disturbing. And after leaving that site, I was uh, sent to the Gage uh, Community Center, uh, where it's the second largest Latino district in the state of Illinois. And that election was happening at an uh, early vote site in the basement of an old building that was poorly ventilated. When I went down into this basement, I saw more than 200 people in line standing less than a foot apart. And these folks have been waiting in line for close to three hours to vote. And this is a predominantly Latino community. And this is a situation uh, where uh, it is ripe for contamination for people. It's a, it's a dangerous health situation. Marginalized communities and voters were put at risk. You know, communities of color, predominantly African-American, Latino, and Muslim communities were put at risk yesterday just to vote. I, as someone who's very critical of the Dems, I mean, obviously Republicans too, but that's like low-hanging fruit and, and it's, you know, obvious that they're, they're, they're craven. I have to say, I kind of was, I was kind of surprised that Biden wrote the tweet he did um, encouraging people if they didn't feel uh, symptoms to go out and vote. Uh, I'll just read it again. The right to vote is the most sacred American right there is. State election officials are working closely with public health officials to hold safe elections. If you're feeling healthy, not showing symptoms and not at risk of being exposed to COVID-19, please vote on Tuesday. Uh, then you had Simone Sanders, uh, who was with the Biden campaign, saying that the CDC had said it was fine to vote. Our democracy um, is, is extremely important. And even in times of strife in this country, we have to do our duty. So uh, the CDC and folks have said it's safe out there for Tuesday. So I, you know, I don't know what Senator Sanders was talking about, but I encourage people to get out there and vote on Tuesday. And then you had Tom Perez, the DNC chair, who was basically um, anointed by uh, Barack Obama, President Barack Obama. Um, Keith Ellison, an actual progressive, was running uh, for uncon uh, uncontested for the DNC chair position, and Obama and other uh, you know people in his circle, as well as real Islamophobic um, hawkish uh, right wing Zionists, thought that that just couldn't stand. You had uh, people in the you know when you're standing next to Alan Dershowitz, that's that's kind of a side side that you're on the wrong side, Barack. Anyway, mm -hmm. these people um, got in the way of Keith Ellison. And because they, he was a Bernie uh, endorser, Keith Ellison, Congressman Ellison, was also one of the early people who s predicted that Donald Trump could win. And he was on George Stephanopoulos' show. Maggie Haberman was on, too. And the two of them laughed in his face. So just want to give him an extra mm -hmm. shout out. But anyway, this DNC chair, uh, Tom Perez, you have him uh, opposing people delaying the primary, given that there is a fatal pandemic. In your position sure. as Tom Perez, the head of DNC, sure. my, my understanding is you're saying you agree with the states that are going forward. Yes, we, we respect what they're doing. And we, you know, we always encourage everyone. And I've, I was in contact today with uh, people in a number of these states, uh, including but not limited to Arizona. And again, asking them if they do they believe they have the systems in place that enable them to put the elections on tomorrow. And they do. Not just opposing, but you have him uh, threatening to punish states, um, reduce the number of delegates in states that did that. Were you surprised by that or are you already used to this? 
I am by this point, I'm kind of inoculated to this type of behavior. No pun intended. And yeah, and the issue is we should not feel this way in this country. And in particular to that tweet, I, I, all I can say is we have to we must be responsible and real about the severity of this crisis. We must take precautions and it's reckless endangerment to advocate for anything else. Um, yeah. Us right now, we need to protect our people, our votes and our democracy. And this party, the Democratic Party that I'm a member of, and I'm proud to be a Democrat, is we need to expand the base and fight for somebody we don't know. And this is literally Mm. impacting all of us. And election security doesn't just mean Russia. Uh, What about the senior citizens running the voting sites in a a pandemic? What about the folks who are immunocompromised, who are Mm -hmm. running so badly to vote that some are actually showing up to vote and risking their lives? And the ones who are not willing to take that risk that are sitting out, we're not able to be part of the franchise. Right. This is voter suppression. And our primaries are a clear and present example of voter suppression for two critical groups we'll need in November, young people and communities of color, not to mention senior citizens who came out in the thousands yesterday risking their lives. And we have to be honest, um, thousands of people yesterday in Chicago and Illinois and Florida and Arizona were put at risk and possibly exposed to these deadly pathogens, this disease. And we're not going to know for about another couple of days or a week exactly what's going on. And we've already seen with the CDC's warning um, that elections, you know, are going to be a risk. And they put out guidelines for individuals and for organizations and for the election board to try to conduct safety elections, right? Have six-foot space to wipe down all voting equipment after each use. And, you know, of all the sites that I visited yesterday, I visited nearly 15 sites, not a single voting location was in compliance with the CDC's health advisory for this election. Not a single site. Um, Okay, let's just reiterate that. So um, you were there at how many? 15? 15 sites in the city of Chicago. And And not a single one. Every single site I visited, not a single polling location was in compliance with the CDC's health advisory for this election. Um, What were the violations? Reasonable safety accommodations are not being made, what do these, do these primaries count? You know, that's the question I have. And the right. question is, we're asked, the CDC is asking people to practice social distancing at least minimum of six feet. At the Thurgood Marshall uh, Library, a predominantly African-American senior community, people were sitting shoulder to shoulder in this lobby for two and a half hours. At the Gage Park uh, Latino Center, in the basement of an unventilated building, I saw 200-plus people standing in hallways less than a foot apart from each other. And then the voting equipment needs to be wiped down after each use. They barely mm-hmm. had enough cleaning supplies to maintain every couple, uh, uh, every couple sessions. So, the thing so is, you're saying it wasn't, ju- it wasn't after each person? It was not after each person. I was watching literally as people would walk up and use the voting equipment, handle the same pens, touch the same screens, and... Not and and nothing was being done about it. And you can literally check the video. There's dozens and dozens of videos posted online of this happening, and it's clearly disturbing. Um, some of these footage is on my Twitter. You can check it out at Absher DSM. Um, but what happened yesterday was a clear and present danger to the health and well-being of the folks in this country. And it is unconscionable that our party and our elections officials would do that. And what's even worse is that in the state of Ohio, a state run by a Republican governor had the sensibility 
to say that the safety of his citizens mattered more than having the election happen today. And with consultation with the Secretary of State, he declared a state of emergency and postponed the election. A judge reversed that order, but then the public health director of Ohio stepped up and said, this is a public health emergency and used the constitutional authority of her office to protect her citizens. What happened yesterday in Illinois was absolutely shameful. Bars and restaurants are shuttered. Schools are shuttered. The governor went on uh, Twitter to blast Donald Trump for long lines at the airport at O'Hare in Customs uh, a couple nights ago. Um, St. Patrick's Day is put on hold, the parade here. But for some reason, having this election was totally fine. And that is the most disturbing part of all this. What I saw yesterday was thousands of people coming out to vote in unsafe conditions. And sadly, some of these people will die. Yeah, that's what you said. You said they may die. No, they're, I mean, statistically speaking, they will die. The Democratic Party is killing people. The DNC, I should say, like the actual upper echelons. Um, It's awful. I, I really didn't think it would be like this ever. And I know that makes me really naive, but I kind of thought like Biden would be embarrassed to say something like this, something kind of. Uh, that's just not based in science about how exposure and how symptoms work. We all know we've been told that symptoms can be delayed weeks. Um, And then Mm -hmm. having Tom Perez not just kind of be silent about it, not just not listen, uh, urge people to listen to the CDC recommendations, not just even encourage people to keep on voting, but threatening to punish states that were going to delay it over public health issues is just unbelievable. Mm -hmm. And the thing about it is, are these elections dangerous? In my opinion, yes. Of course. If people are unsafe by practicing basic American rights. The election itself is dangerous. And right. for us right now, we have the DNC. And, and, and you know, I want to straight stress that it's important for us to come out and vote. It's the bedrock of our democracy, being able to choose our leaders. And also right. having this election process within our party to select which Democrat is going to run on our ticket. It's important, right. but what's also of course. important is the health and well-being of our of our citizens and yeah. the members of our party. And I'm extremely distraught by what happened yesterday. Um, you should not have to choose between the right to vote and your health. Yeah, I think and that's the right to life. basic fact that any American, regardless of party, can agree with. Um, and yeah. I, I also want to commend the, the courage and tenacity of the DNC vice chair, uh, Ken Martin, he's also the Minnesota uh, uh, Democratic Farm Labor Party chairman. He he released a statement last night uh, condemning what happened yesterday, calling oh, these elections dangerous. He released a statement and he asked for uh, the elections to be extended and everyone had the opportunity to vote by mail so that they don't have to come in and actually vote in person and jeopardize their health. He's also asked other states in the process down the line to really consider having you know, alternative voting options, because in the current state that we're in this crisis, we're only in the, in the beginning, right? This is a gestation period for the, the COVID-19 virus. And for us, we have to be very careful. And we have to be very mindful of the trajectory we're going in. There's going to be a lot of elections to happen. There's a lot of concern. The market's in free fall at this point. Um, and we have to put people's uh, health at the top of the bill, Right. Political expediency is something that Senator Sanders has never stood for. And that's one mm. of the reasons why I, I supported him. He's always stood up for what's morally right. What would justice demand? And right. for me, you know, we have to look at, you know, what is the political, economic, social, and technical, technological factors at play? Who has access to the political process? Who has the economic means to participate? 
where social factors help or hurt, and how is technology and access playing out in voter participation for marginalized communities. We have to be very mindful how we conduct elections, and also we have to be very mindful in this global pandemic how we are going to move forward as a party and how we're going to continue this election process. And it also brings the question of will we even have an in-person convention, right? These are legitimate concerns that we have to be concerned about. But the system is flawed, dangerous, and it needs immediate adjustment. That is that is a fact. But this could not happen without a totally complicit media. And guess what, guys? You know, some people, some centrists, radical centrists, as I like to call them, they think they're really smart when they say, oh, you're critiquing the media? You sound like Trump. No. Noam Chomsky has been critiquing the media for decades, okay? there's This is not something that Trump has the the uh, monopoly on. But I got to say something. The fact that nobody fact-checked Joe Biden's countless lies during that debate, the fact that no one asked him about the tweet he sent out that day uh, urging people if they didn't have symptoms to go vote, there is no accountability. The media d- play is totally... Um, uh, what's the word? Uh, negligent, reckless. Um, it was not at all responsible. It's not at all responsible. It enables, it totally enables, it incentivizes lying. And um, I think that, you know, just a quick example, you and I both tweeted about this today. You have Judy Woodruff, who I don't, I, I don't think has taken her tweet down, tweeting out Axios reports Bernie Sanders to suspend campaign. She still has that one up. Then at least she did delete another tweet where she says Axios um, reports uh, Sanders suspended campaign. Interestingly enough, she left out um, Facebook ads. So the story, the headline said that the campaign had suspended Facebook ads. Um, they're assessing, they're looking at their financial situation, I, I'm gathering. And she just thought to, it would be appropriate to leave those last two words off. And everyone was retweeting it. And it's not an accident. I mean, I'd like to give these people a benefit of the doubt, but it can't be because so many people were tweeting at her to delete it. And she didn't delete it until much later. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, are you, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm constantly being gaslit by the media uh, through their representation of Bernie. And of course, this isn't just about Bernie. He's just such a, he's the face of so many of these things. He's the face of a movement. And it just is this kind of prism through which we can see how the media treats progressives or just the people in general. Um, and it's been one of the most disturbing things, I think, since 2016. Of course, now it has it gets to com- compete with how disturbing it is for the Dems to encourage people to vote in a pandemic um, without the safety measures in place. I wish why didn't I wish Tom Paris had gone to one of those places to 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 man one of those uh, machines. I would have loved him for him to check people in. Then he and, would have to put him into a, you know, a, a quarantine him, though, so he wouldn't spread it. Yeah, and, and the thing about it is what we have to remember is through this entire campaign cycle, we've seen um, absolutely horrible anti-Semitic garbage being thrown yes. at the senator, calling him a self-loathing Jew, calling him anti-Semitic, even though he is a Jew himself, a proud right. Jew at that. Um, right. We've seen Whose family who lost family members uh, in the Holocaust. Absolutely. We've seen him being attacked for everything under the sun in this climate where um, up is down, down is up, right? East is west, west is east, where truth is not uh, an absolute fact anymore. Um, the senator has been staying true to his message. He's been staying above the fray. He has been fighting for his values. He always brings the issues back to policy. It's never about him. It's about the people that we are fighting for, the young 
uh, folks in this country who are struggling to see a path forward with climate change on the horizon, fearing for their for their longevity, for the folks who don't have health care who are dying constantly because they have to ration their uh, insulin, for the people who are burdened with uh, enormous health care debt, student debt, credit card bills, who aren't able to move forward in life. The senator has always missed focus on that message, yeah. focusing on their needs, because this campaign is not about the senator. It's about us. Yeah, um, not me, us, or not him, us, as, as uh, we not would say. I would tell people, take him at his word when he says, not me, us. Yeah. Get literally, right? Yeah, um, But right. we also have to remember, during this global pandemic crisis, we've had one candidate have surrogates go out and say, it's safe to vote, go out, do all of that. And we have another candidate, Senator Sanders, who's telling people to follow CDC guidelines, right. to follow the directions of their health care providers, to be safe, to make judgments that are important for them and their family. Yeah, what else do you need to know? If that doesn't spell it all out, I really don't know what does. Um, Abshir, it was so nice of you to come on, and we would love to have you back on. Definitely come back on. Um, people can find Abshir at Abshir DSM. That's A-B-S-H-I-R DSM. And uh, again, the Iowa, Minnesota, Michigan, Illinois political coordinator for Bernie Sanders. Um, thank you again, everyone, for listening to the Katie Helper Show. Please rate and review the show on iTunes. Please support the show at patreon.com slash the Katie Helper Show. Again, that's patreon.com slash the Katie Helper Show.